Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves his Neapolitan-style pizza, Brand Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. I, I, I have strong feelings about pizza. Uh, Neapolitan's, obviously, or margarita is the uh, the best type of pizza. But I, I'm a firm believer. I, I just watched a video about a guy who went to the highest-rated pizza restaurant in the world, which is in Napoli, Italy. And they only serve two types of pizza, and that's margarita and Neapolitan and a straight marinara and cheese. And you know what? That's the only way you should have pizza. There's my hot take for the day. Uh, of course, the third member of the podcast here with us today is Ben O'Brien. Ben, do you agree with my take? You should only have cheese or Neapolitan-style pizza. No, I don't agree with that at all. What do you mean? There's plenty of good things you can put on a pizza. No bacon on a pizza? You don't want bacon on your pizza? I mean, of course, there's 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 other good things to have, but that's the best way to have pizza. Just well, like I, I, get, cheese. I get that. Let me ask you this. I have a question. What's the difference between Neapolitan and margarita pizza? It seems like it's the same they're, I, I believe they're the same. I believe, like, it's just a different name. They just have a different name? Yeah. So which one I do believe, you like, like more? If you had to pick which one. It's this. It's we'll, the same, We'll Benny. pick one. It's this. It's, they're the same. There's not. <laughs> I just You're, like, you saying, like, like uh, do you like the color red or the color red? Are they better? more red. similar? I, mean, I, I answered that real quick. Answer the question. Are they more similar than Coke and Pepsi? I, or are they more different than Coke and Pepsi? No, no. I think, I think they're quite literally the same. It's just, like, a... Different name. Different so, which one are you going to make later today? Okay. Well, we got a whole <laughs> podcast to get into today. Um, uh, very exciting stuff to talk about. I, I think it might be a little, a little shorter, Trevor. I always say this they, they, you know, hey, we got a shorter pod today, and then it never ends up being shorter. So, what do I know? Let's start off today. We had a really interesting, great Champions League match uh, yesterday, the Champions League final between Real Madrid and Liverpool. Real Madrid took it one to nothing. Uh, there's no way I'm going to try to pronounce the kid who scored. I know he's, uh, uh, soccer encyclopedia Josh told me he's the third most expensive player in the world. Yeah. Uh, behind Mbappe and Eric Holland. Um, so, I don't know any more about him, but sadly I didn't get to catch this game. Um, and I was looking at the, the stats here, and you guys, I, I just asked, I couldn't even believe, I, I, I thought this was mistyped. Liverpool had 23 shots, and Real Madrid had three and Real Madrid won the game, so uh, I don't know who to start with here today. You know, ben, let's start with you. What, what what's going on in this game? I know you got to watch a little bit of it. Yes, as a, as a newly found soccer fan, I, I I figured I would I would spend some time and watch this game because I had no idea I had no idea what I was getting into when I when I turned this game on. And I told you guys when I turned this game on right away, I was like, all right, this is seems like it's basically the Super Bowl. Like it was a huge deal. They had all these performances going on. Um, and I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I've heard of the Champions League, but I've never watched the Champions League final before, and I realized very quickly that it's a very big deal. Um, so I enjoyed watching it. I did. The the shots on goal thing, it kind of explains everything that happened because as I was watching this, I was getting PTSD because all I could think about, I was like, wow, Liverpool's red zone offense is garbage. And as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I'm very familiar with garbage red zone offenses. Um, so that's basically what it was. I mean, Liverpool had the ball the entire game. Their time of possession was insane compared to Real Madrid's, but they couldn't score they couldn't get it done they'd always either turn it over they'd have a, a miss hit they'd miss a header they'd have a bad cross or Real Madrid's goalkeeper would make a, a fantastic save he was the he was the MVP of the game um he played he played phenomenally so that's the thing with soccer like you can you can work so hard and soccer is such a such a, a process where it's like you might spend two three minutes getting the ball down the field down the pitch sorry I don't want to disrespect any soccer fans down the pitch you could say um, field well, I guess if I'm calling it soccer, then you can't get mad at me for calling it a field because that's just wrong in general. 
Um, We're Americans. We, you know, that's true. Is, sure. It's fine. Um, but what happened was, I mean, Liverpool just couldn't couldn't finish any of their, uh, we'll call it drives down the field. Um, and it just takes one counter for a, it, it takes one. Hey, Trevor, I think it's pretty clear that I don't know anything about soccer. Okay. But I'm trying. So the terminology, um, it's, you it, could say chances. They had, however, they didn't have a lot of chances. Or Liverpool sure, did have a lot of chances. It, all it took was one counter from Real Madrid um, to, to take the lead and they were able to hold it. So it, it, it's one of those things where it just takes that one mistake. That one mistake on defense. Somebody's out of position. Somebody, um, I don't know, can't can't catch up to a dude that's driving down the field or whatever. Um, and it that was the difference in the game. So, I think I'm not a Liverpool fan or, or a Real Madrid fan, but it's got to be frustrating for for uh, Liverpool fans to see that because they absolutely should have won this game. They had they had way more opportunities and they just couldn't get it done. And that's that's sports for you. I mean, that happens all the time. Um, but it definitely was a, it was an interesting game to watch. And again, it's something that. I'm new to, but I now understand how big of a deal not only club soccer is in Europe, but but how big the Champions League is. And again, I've said this before, yeah, it's such a cool huge. idea where you take you take the best soccer teams from an entire continent and basically throw them together and see who can win. I think it's an awesome idea, and, and this game really showed just how great and how, how powerful the sport of soccer is in Europe and all around the world in general. Yeah, no, it's it's... It really is quite amazing. Champions League is huge. Like that's why, like when we were talking about it, I was like, "No, Ben, this this is this event is bigger than the yeah, Super Bowl." I had no idea. Um, yeah. So, Trevor, you got to rewatch the game. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah. So, <laughs> the first thing is that I felt like Real Madrid was playing, and again, this this isn't really a compliment, but like I feel like Real Madrid was playing a lot like my high school team would play when they would play a team that was better than us, which we weren't that great. So you're comparing you know? to a high school team? Dang, Trevor, that is <laughs> well, mean. Well, see, here's here's why I say this. It's not really a compliment because they were playing such a defensive style, and they it's not like they have like bad attacking players. Like Kareem Benzema's, I think, still one of the better strikers in the game. Again, I haven't been following a lot, but historically, Kareem Benzema, when I used to always watch, he was one of the best strikers in the game. He probably still is. Uh, I talked a little bit to Josh yesterday. Uh, and he confirmed that Benzema's had an incredible season. So seems like Benzema's a really good player. But outside of that, you know, some of their midfielders are a little bit older. And they play this very defensive style, you know, where they are just trying to find their one or two chances in the game to take advantage and score a goal. That's what my high school team used to do a lot because we didn't have a lot of very good attacking players. We relied on our defense. Like, let's, you know, we need our goalkeeper to save us a couple times and then play some solid defense. And then if we can get a counterattack here or there, maybe we have a chance to beat this team that is better than us, which we, we played a lot of, you know, teams that were better than us. We weren't that great necessarily. So I thought that was interesting. You weren't much of a goal scorer? I, I certainly was not a goal scorer. I never scored a goal in my life in a in a in an actual game. Um, no. Oh, so you were bad, is what you're saying? Um, I was. Well, I was. Uh, he was the glue of. guy. He was the glue guy. <laughs> kind of. You were the glue I guy. Was, you were the glue I guy. I was mostly a defensive midfielder, so I didn't. I wasn't necessarily attacking a lot anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I also the back right bench. I right, also Trevor? was not a good uh, attacking player uh, or goal scorer. Um, so yeah, like Real Madrid, they played this defensive style. They relied on their keeper, Courtois, who's an incredible goalkeeper, had an insane game. I mean, this has got to be one of the better games, uh, that I've ever witnessed from a goalkeeper. It was quite incredible. I remember, uh, like back in the World Cup, um, we, we saw a few like really good, I think 2014 World Cup is when we had some really great games from our, uh, from the goalkeeper. <laughs> and then we kind of needed that to, to get a win here or there in advance, but you know they took it. They took the chances when they had them. The 
you know, the chance that they had, they got the goal. Again, the shots on goal difference, nine for Liverpool, one for Real Madrid. That's nuts. And the and of the one shot on goal, that was the goal. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his game, <laughs> pronounce the name either um, of the player who scored the goal. But, you know, I already love him. I, I was texting Josh yesterday, and I think I told you guys too. I was like, is this kid like the Jordan Poole of soccer? You know, I have to make my NBA comparisons here. Um, but he, it was super fun to watch the game uh, and super fun to watch him as a clearly a yeah. player with a bright young future. Um, so a really good win from Real Madrid here, even though it seemed like based on, you know, the the chances that the team's got, Liverpool seemed like the better team. But again, it's a it's a difference in styles and Real Madrid was able to take home the win. Uh, I guess just last thing here is that on the Liverpool side, uh, for any Liverpool fans listening, you guys are uh, professional second placers. You guys get second place a lot. Mm. Um, they've gotten second place them, in multiple Champions League finals now. Uh, a couple of years ago, or I don't know. I think they've. Uh, this might be their third time getting second place in Champions League final in the past like six or seven years now. So, sorry, Liverpool fans. I know you got that one uh, Premier League title, but other than that, uh, you guys are professional second placers. I think. You tell them, Trevor. Put them in their place. Yeah, it's interesting you say that uh, as someone who played, you know, back right bench. It's just not something Ben and I are accustomed to, but that's okay. We'll, we'll keep on moving on here. That's because uh, unlike Trevor, if I was bad at a sport, I just quit. I was just a quitter. <laughs> Trevor's got determination. Trevor Trevor powered through even though he wasn't the best player. I would have been powered like this. through giving would, the water would, to the, the striker. I would have been like, this sucks, I'm out. I'm, I'm just season. quitting. But but, Tre- but Trevor doesn't quit. He's not a quitter like we are. Hey, I started. I I, I, like I that started Trevor. varsity my senior. Year. That was the only thing that I wanted to do. I didn't have to be the best player. Um, I certainly wasn't uh-huh. even close. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but let's let's get to small talk trivia here. Um, what is our current scoreboard? Uh, so the current scoreboard, Brandon, you are in the lead with thirteen points. Ben has twelve and a half, and I have twelve. I I don't know who would have guessed that, but you know, whatever. Let's uh let's let's get to it. So I'm actually up first, hey Ben. I'm asking you a question. You were asking Trevor, and Trevor is asking me according to the random order generator. Um, so Ben, I'm sorry. I I actually don't think you're gonna get this question. I think Trevor will get it. It's it's one of those questions that you either know it or you don't. No thinking about it, really. You're not gonna get to the the conclusion here. Um, so this isn't this isn't my question, but I'm I'm going to ask you a question before I get to my actual question. Why? Sound like inception there? Because because I'm curious if you know the answer. Do you know who is the leader in all-time steals? All-time steals? All-time steals. Uh, Pete Maravich. I don't know. No. It is John Stockton. So here's yeah. my question for the day. What current player leads the list for the most steals? So out of all the current players, who has the most steals in history? Uh, Rajon Rondo? I don't know. That's the first one that came to mind because he used to have a bunch of triple doubles, and I don't think he was getting a bunch of rebounds in those triple doubles. Um, I don't even know if he's still playing though. So it's steel. Oh, Rondo still... is still playing. Okay, he's on okay, the Cavs. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, obviously it's got to be like a point guard. It's not gonna be a big man. Um, Chris Paul's been around forever. Westbrook doesn't play defense, so I feel like it's probably not him. He just kind of fouls. Uh, who else? You're right. This is either I know it or I don't. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I'm just gonna go with John Rondo. That was my first instinct. We're gonna go with it. Rondo, final answer. Rajon Rondo is not correct. However, you are not far off. He's like sixth on this list or seventh in current players. He's fiftieth overall. So really, not yeah. not a bad guess at all. Trevor goes to you for half a point. 
So, I mean, when you ask this question, Brandon, the player that came to my mind first was a player that Ben mentioned, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and that player is Chris Paul. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure here that it's not anyone else. I mean, LeBron isn't... So wait, I guess just take me back. Take me back. This is this is total steals, right? In their career, right? Career steals, yes. Okay, total. so total yeah. career steals. Okay, just making sure. So, look, I mean, LeBron had all of, obviously is going to have a, a lot of steals as well because he's been playing, you know, twenty whatever it is, eighteen, 19, twenty seasons now. I don't know, twenty seasons now. Nineteen, nineteen seasons. seasons. So LeBron's going to have a ton. Uh, but but Chris Paul mm. is more known for for steals. He's averaged more steals throughout his career, even though uh, his career started two to three years later. So I think the answer is Chris Paul. If it's not him, then it's probably LeBron. But I'm sticking with my gut. I think it's Chris Paul. All right, final answer. Yep. Ben, after hearing all the analysis, would you say he's right? Uh. Like if you had. Uh... Look at all the evidence between no, you. Would you I, say he's I think right? he's wrong because Chris Paul's overrated. <laughs> all right, well, Chris Paul's not overrated. He's quite a great player, and he is number one on this list that I'm saying. He's actually number four overall um, at 2,453. And Trevor, number two is LeBron James at 2,136. Who, who's number three? Um, ben, I will say other players you mentioned, Russ is on this list. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking people have played for a while, yeah. He would have been number four in steals on this list. Who's number three? Um, so, Trevor, you get a nice half a point added to your scoreboard. I thought you would get the question. I did not think Ben right. would get it. Who, but. Do you have number three? I'm just curious. I, I'm I'm just wondering. Number three would be Andre Iguodala. Oh, very interesting. The LeBron He's stopper. 21 on the overall list. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Russ Chris is four. Trevor Ariza is five. Okay. James Harden is eight. Yeah, I mean. That's impressive considering he plays defense for about three minutes a game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very interesting. All right, um, Ben, it is to you to ask a question to Trevor. All right, Trevor, NBA question. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, all right, Trevor, here we go. <laughs> Who was the very first NBA franchise to ever win three consecutive NBA titles? Who was the first NBA franchise to ever three-peat? Okay. It's pretty simple. First NBA franchise to ever three-peat. Um, now, the NBA, I believe, started in 1947. Um I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm, well, I'm like 99% sure 1947. So it tracks back all the way to then. Um, I mean, Brandon has an opportunity to steal here, but, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a obvious team that came to my mind here and I'm just trying to think and make sure that there wasn't a team before them that had a three peat, frankly. So, so here's what I can do here because I'm, I'm not sure about, the history before that team. I'm not sure if another team could have could have had three. I can go with the team that came to my mind first, and even if I'm wrong, Brandon won't get the answer right because he's not going to guess the other team. I don't think. Or I'm okay. Yeah, I mean that's probably the only option because I don't know who the other team would be. Um, you know, I might be I might be wrong, Ben, but uh, first three peat in NBA history. I, I mean, it's the Boston Celtics, right? Like, I don't know. I, I don't... Yeah, I, I think I got to go with the Celtics, Ben, because if I don't say the Celtics and then Brandon just gets a free half point, that'll be kind of infuriating. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know... Yeah, Boston Celtics, that's my answer. 
I respect. So hold on. Sorry. Your your answer's in, Trevor. Like you're, yep. it's in. So in my mind, there's only two teams it could be. So if, if he's wrong, I do get a free half point. Well, if it's I mean it's okay. only one of the two Cel- teams. The Celtics definitely had a three point in the '60s. So the only reason I would be wrong is if there was a team in the '50s that had a three peat. I don't know. I, okay. I don't know. Well, is it I don't right know why then? I just helped you, but whatever. Trevor, you were I mean, wrong. I already know. It I is know not what the I'm Celtics. Okay. It is not the Celtics. Okay, so so Trevor, here's the thing: it's either the Celtics or the Lakers. Uh, I mean, so you know, I'm gonna say the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is, that's it. Uh, it's the Lakers. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, it's the Lakers. Really? Um, Brandon, to to make this valid point though, you ha- you have to get the point valid. You have to tell me what years it was. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Trevor said the fifties. Oh, that was not part of the question. It's the Minneapolis Lakers, then. Oh. Well, here's gosh. the thing, Trevor. I was nice because I'm, you know, I'm Team Trevor. I was trying to make it easy for you. I was gonna say what team, and if you said Los Angeles Lakers, I was gonna say you're wrong. But I just said what franchise, so you just had to say Lakers, and you would have been right. So Brandon's uh, right, it's Lakers. Yeah, but see, Minneapolis. Brandon, Brandon was probably thinking. So LA. Trevor, Trevor, here's the thing. You're you're saying like. I'm aware well, he was thinking LA. If you don't say the Celtics, if but you said the Lakers, Lakers and it was wrong, I would have said the Celtics. Yeah, but did you think it was Minneapolis or were you just assuming Los Angeles? I mean, like I, I, I didn't. My my thoughts don't go that you know that deep you, at all. It was just gonna be the Lakers, the Celtics. But, you, but if you were thinking of the years, you were you were probably not thinking of Minneapolis. Trevor, I don't know the answer. I was just <laughs> gonna say Lakers or Celtics. Okay. It was a guess. Okay. Well, but I'll take my half point. Well, I, I failed today. I, that was disappointing. <laughs> Trevor, I tried to give you. I tried to give you a Trevor, point. You, really you already got half a point, so you've you've done something today. Yeah, but uh, ben, yeah. Ben's about to get no points. Yeah, but I gave you half a point, so you're welcome. I've done something. I I, I agree. Thank uh, you. But you're about to I'm get disappointed no points. I'm disappointed in my performance. I didn't I didn't fully take advantage of the opportunity. That was easy. So next week I'm gonna ask a really hard one, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't say that was easy because you like, just said it was easy because it was on, on two. You only had two options you had to pick from. But Trevor, the NBA expert, got it wrong. Well, it was a fifty-fifty shot. You would have done the same thing. You would have just guessed one of the two. I, if you I didn't. Turn. I didn't realize that the Minneapolis. Trevor Lakers made it easy for you team, because but, he narrowed you know. it down to one option that you could pick. Yeah, but he could have picked the right answer. If you, if I asked you first, would you have said Lakers or would you have said Celtics? I feel like you would have. I would have said Celtics. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yep. So I, I was actually advantageous there to be second. All right, well, Ben, it's uh, it's your turn to ask a question. Or no, excuse me, Trevor. It's your turn to ask a question to me. Okay, so, um, very interesting questions related to the NBA draft. Now, there's a chance for a bonus point here. So, now the bonus is going to be very hard. I'll I'll get to that. But the question, uh, you know, Chet Holmgren, right? Chet Holmgren played one year at Gonzaga. He's coming into the draft. Yes. And he might be the number one pick. You know, he's it's either, it's probably either him mm-hmm. or Jabari Smith. So he's either going to be probably the number one or number two pick. My question is this. Who is the highest drafted player out of Gonzaga? That is the initial question. And the bonus is going to be if you can name all... Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. There have been six Gonzaga uh, players drafted in the NBA lottery. If you name all six, you can get two points if you also name uh, the player that was drafted the highest out of Gonzaga. I got to name all six players? To get, a, to get a second point. Well, to get that's one of the points, but the original question is just naming who is the Gonzaga player that was drafted the highest. Okay, I think I know that one. I think it's, I think it's Jalen Suggs. Um, 
Did, do I get a confirmation if I'm right or no? So, uh, I, w- I didn't really think about the Ben aspect of this, but I think the way that we should do this is I think that, I think maybe you should give your guess and then Ben, I don't know, how, uh, how should we do it? Maybe Ben should give his guess after you give yours. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to know. Here's the thing. The second half of the question, just throw it. I, I, mean, I definitely don't know the other six we'll, players. We'll do the, we'll do the, we'll do the bonus after. So, like, yeah, this is difficult. But neither one of us are getting the bonus question. Yeah, Ben's not, not a chance of six players. Right. Okay. I, I only know Well, subs. it'll still be a good thought And Ashimura. I know Ashimura went, he went lottery. So I know two, but that's so, it. So I'm let's go ahead, and, and if you just have your answer, if it's Suggs or whoever it is, you can submit that, and then Ben, ben will get an opportunity. And then we can go through, and if either of you can get all six, uh, either of you can have one whole point for guessing all six. How about we do it that way? All right, this is confusing, but none of us are getting okay. all six. I'm going to say Jalen Suggs as my answer. Okay. I think he was drafted the highest. So Jalen Suggs is not the correct answer. Um, oh, no. You know, so I'll, I'll go through the... He's not? So he's Jeez. not the correct answer. So Ben... You, Wasn't he like third? Oh, I know ben, the answer. Ben, you have an opportunity for half a point here. Not a chance I know the answer. I just assumed Jalen Suggs was like third, wasn't he? They have somebody go one or two? I think I know the answer. Oh I mean, John Stockton is the first, th- first guess I got, but I don't know if he went one or two. Jeez, dude. I can't even think of anyone else that'd be good from Gonzaga. I'll just go John Stockton. All right. So uh, John Stockton is not correct uh, either. Wait, can I give another guess for no points? I mean, again, you could you could try to name all six for a point. I, uh, Trevor, I'm not getting all six. <laughs> Your bonus point was foo-foo. I was so excited for the well, bonus that, point opportunity. I'm not getting six players from that's Gonzaga. That's why it's a bonus point. You know, you got to really earn it. Uh, but yeah, who 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 do you think it is? Adam, I think it's worth six points. I is it Adam Morrison? So yes, Ad, Adam Morrison. Does that have to do with the long yeah. hair. Does that have to do with the long hair. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, gonna guess him, but I didn't know his name. I didn't know his name, so I couldn't <laughs> guess it. He's like, he was on the cover it's, of the. It seems like you just didn't know. Well, him, no, because he was on know? the cover of the NCAA basketball game I play on my 360, yeah. like 07 or 06. Yep. And I, I so I know the year almost, but I don't know his name. Right. I just knew he had long hair. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, you didn't get him. So, yeah, you know. just saying that I knew more than I thought I would. So, so Adam Morrison in the 2006 NBA draft was drafted third by the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Jalen Suggs was drafted fifth. The other four players oh, to be drafted geez. in the lottery, uh, we have Kelly Olynyk, 2013. He was drafted 13th. Oh, yeah. him. Zach Collins, 2017. Okay. Drafted number 10 of the Kings. Uh, then we have Rui Hachimura, 2019, uh, drafted to the Wizards. Um, I think that's all of them, right? Uh, oh, did I miss? I think I missed Demonis Sabonis, drafted in 2016, uh, drafted 11th. So those are the six players okay. in the lottery. John Stockton was not in the lottery. He was drafted uh, with the 16th pick back in 1984. Okay, there actually it was six players I knew at yeah. least. Mm-hmm. I there's no way I was getting that. I honestly, in fact, I got technically I got three of them. If we're counting Morrison, but that was after the fact. I said two before I gave my answer. How many could you have named, Ben? Um, I mean, I've heard of all. I didn't know Sabonis went to Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but like before you heard him, I mean, I, I would have gotten I would say two. Zach Collins, don't really know who that is. Uh, he's on the. Is he on the Hawks? I think he's. I, think I he's, don't know. I, he was on Portland. I, I would have gotten still with Portland or not. I forget. I would have gotten probably none of those right. Probably wouldn't gotten. I think he's on the Hawks, right? Uh, no. 
I think I think he I don't know if he's still with the. Am I thinking of John Collins? Yeah, you're thinking of John. Collins. Thinking of John. Collins. I don't know if he's still with the Blazers. He he played most of his career with the Blazers so far, but he's you know he's like a eleventh, okay. twelfth man. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's let's continue with the NBA here as we do have um, the conference finals. We got one team that has submitted their ticket to the NBA finals, and we have another one that will submit it tonight. Um, so Trevor, I'd imagine you want to go over the Warriors series first. Yes. Um, but. Let's uh let's get right into it. We, 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 I mean this this ended a couple days ago, did it not? Yeah, it ended Thursday. So I I think it would be good to start with the Warriors series here now because then once we go to the Heat Celtics game seven, it'll be a good transition into kind of previewing like what a series against Golden State could look like for both of those teams. So uh, okay. Warriors Mavs, the Warriors defeat the Dallas Mavericks in five games. Uh, Benny, you called it, gentlemen sweep. I got I got to give you the credit for this mm-hmm. one. Absolutely, uh, yes, you were right. Trevor, I told you not to mention that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wanted, I wanted. We don't want Ben to know he's I right. I, here, I, you know? I, you're acting like I forgot. I was gonna say that I called that. I remember. I remember calling a gentleman. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you would forget. Yeah, that. definitely not. So Ben was right. Uh, in five games, and really, I think with this specific series, it kind of comes back to game two, right? Like the Mavs had an opportunity to split in Golden State. They had a huge lead in game two, and they blew it. You know, it was a it was a great Warriors comeback. Uh, the Mavs blew it and the Warriors go up 2-0 there and from there yes they still had an opportunity in game three to win it but they didn't the Warriors played a really good game in game three Steph Curry was awesome um you know they got a lot of production from Kevon Kevon Looney you know Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins Andrew Wiggins in game three specifically at 27 points 11 rebounds so when you go up 3-0 obviously and in the NBA, no team has ever come back from that deficit. You know, we've seen it in the NHL, we've seen it in MLB, but we've never seen it in the NBA, and uh, it still hasn't happened. One day, one day I think it will, uh, but it's just uh, still hasn't happened yet. The Dallas Mavericks at least got the one game in Game Four. Um, they were able to snag that with, uh, you know, some really great three-point shooting. Which that's the thing with the Mavericks. Like we've talked about it, you know, for weeks now, and. It's really as simple as sometimes, like, if the Mavs are making threes, they're going to win, and if they're not making the threes, they're going to lose, you know? I think it kind of comes down to that. And in addition, it seems like they're, the rate at which they succeed in uh, making these three-pointers also kind of uh, bleeds into their defense a little bit. Like, it seems like they give more effort on defense when their threes going in, and Additionally, I think it's probably, you know, it's easier to play defense after a made bucket because you have more time to recover, get back on defense. Uh, You don't have to worry about, like, you know, clanking a three and it's a long rebound and the team gets out in transition, which obviously when the Warriors get out in transition, they're incredible. That's when they can get their open threes. You know, there's still a lot of that same DNA that they had back in the, you know, 2015, 16, 17, those type of teams. Uh, You know, now just with, like, newer additions, like Jordan Poole being the biggest one, Andrew Wiggins another one. Right, so the Warriors have been really impressive, and I think for them to get back to the conference, get back to the finals here, it's just an incredible accomplishment. Just to come from 2019, they have the Kevin Durant injury, Clay is banged up, they they lose in the finals, and then obviously Steph Curry has injuries out for you know pretty much the pretty much the whole year. They have the horrible season, um, and they've recovered. They've recovered. They've brought in younger talent now, in addition to having still Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, which are now like the veterans. Like back in 15-16, you had Clay, Steph, and Draymond, and you had other veterans like 
Iguodala, Sean Livingston, uh, Marie Spates, like guys like that who are like the really great glue guys, the veterans, uh, the guys that can step in off the bench. And now you have these young guys with the Warriors who are coming in. Uh, and it's really interesting to kind of watch them. And I think it's just a testament to, uh, you know, the Warriors culture. Like the Heat culture is a big thing, but the Warriors also have their own culture. Um, and in addition to just the team building, the drafting that they've done, I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, um, you know, he's he's a rookie. He's very young, but, like, it seems like his future is very promising. Moses Moody, he's another one. Like, both of these guys have actually played some significant minutes in this Maverick series, which is uh, pretty wild. And it seems like the Warriors, you know, have a lot of good years to come. Like, Steph Curry's game translates, uh, you know, as far as longevity. Um, and I think they're going to be good for a while now with Kaminga, Moody, Jordan Poole. So it's just very impressive to see. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to go to you. Um, what were some of your, I guess, takeaways on the series? And, and what do you think about the Warriors getting back to the finals? Here's what's interesting. Whoever runs the Golden State Warriors front office deserves all the money in the world. Uh, they took a team that obviously, like, I mean, they drafted well. Like, we know this. But then they added a ton of these key pieces. We've seen Jordan Poole get an enormous amount of action. Andrew Wiggins ended up being just this fabulous trade that they kind of bought on, like, the low, essentially, for him. And they've kept this core together that has been so great while adding these amazing, amazing pieces and being able to maintain this incredibly high level of basketball. You know, and it's almost like over the past two years, like, yeah, they've had injuries. You know, we've, Clay hasn't played for, like, a really long time. Steph was hurt at a point in time. And, like, you know, they took this big step backwards. Um, but they were able to draft these really great assets and um, keep them together um, and move through kind of that rough patch to be the team that we see today. And, I mean, they're I, I think they're going to win the championship. I, I don't even think it'll be that close, no matter who they play. Um, so just an incredibly impressive run from the Warriors over the past. I don't know. I mean, how many years has it been now? Seven or something? I mean, 2015 is the first year they made to the finals. So, I mean, really 2015. So, yeah, about seven, eight years. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just been absolutely marvelous. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been incredibly impressive. Uh, ben, uh, same thing. What are, what are some of your takeaways on the series? And, you know, how impressive is it that the Warriors have made it back here uh, to the finals? Yeah. So like, what Brandon said – Every team that's ever been good, their goal is how can we sustain this for as long as possible? And obviously, there's very few teams in any sport that have been able to do that. The Patriots did it, the Bulls did it in the 90s. Um, it's very hard to sustain you know, this level of success for a long time. That's why the word dynasty is not commonly used in sports because it doesn't happen very often. Um, and yes, there's some luck in it. I, I do think this might sound crazy, but Steph and Clay getting hurt was kind of lucky for them because it allowed them to draft Wiseman and, and get these pieces when they weren't considered that great. Um, I'm not saying that Steph getting hurt is good for the Warriors, but it kind of was, at least in a way. It, it It's paying dividends now, looking back. Um, and yeah, and especially in today's world, and today's sports market, where there's so much value in being the guy, the franchise player, the fact that they were able, they're able to keep for this long, Steph, Clay, and Draymond together, um, it's insane, and yeah, and then now you add in the, these kind of new blood pieces like, um, like a Wiseman or like a Jordan Poole or like an Andrew Wiggins, and it kind of just it it completely transformed the Warriors that that we knew five, six, seven years ago. Um, and again, I've said this before, where it almost makes them more likable 
And I don't know why. At least in my eyes, maybe again because it, it's, it does. they're not playing LeBron, and they kind of became the bad guys because LeBron's team was were so clearly outmatched every single year that the Warriors seemed like the bad guys. But I think it's not just me. I think a lot of the NBA kind of community looks at them as they're like like people are rooting for them now. For so many years, they get Kevin Durant, and they're the bad guys. Nobody wants to see them win. It's like these guys were so sick of these guys, and now that couple year break where it's like they were really bad for a little bit. We've kind of forgotten our hatred for the Warriors, at least I have, and now I'm like, I kind of want to see them win. Like, they're fun. It, it, that, that, that couple years where we didn't see them um, in the finals, like, revitalized us and, and made it to where now we're okay with seeing them win again because it's been a couple years. It's, it hasn't been five, six years in a row like we, like we saw for a while there. Um, so it, it's crazy. And again, the level of success is so hard in any sport because there are, there are rules and there's structure in place to where teams don't stay good for a long time, right? There's certain things. M- NBA draft. You don't get a good draft pick if you're good the year before. There's 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 fundamentals in place to try to stop a team from being good for an extended period of time. So any any sport and any team, the Warriors included that can be good for this long and be this successful 7 8 years into this the core of this team is insane. Um and they haven't dropped a step. I mean, we've talked about some of their stats in these playoffs in this season. They're shooting the ball lights out. Steph Curry looks like Steph Curry. Um, I don't know the ages on these guys, but you're in the league for that long. Like at some point, it's like when is this going to end? And it really seems like at least as of right now, in May of 2022, they're not slowing down anytime soon. It seems like they can sustain the success for for many seasons to come. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, and additionally, adding that trade to it, like the Warriors when they they had D'Angelo Russell, they traded. Uh, D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves for Andrew Wiggins, and that's where they got the number seven pick, which ended up being Jonathan Kaminga, and then they had the uh, 14th, which got them Moses Moody. So they also, have, as you said, they've drafted well. Um, you know, obviously it really started drafting well when it was the early, late 2000s, early 2010s, um, but then yeah. in, in addition, able to make a trade like that to kind of help uh, this, you know, this younger, bring in this younger group now. And obviously when you hit on Jordan Poole with the 28th pick, uh, that's obviously a huge steal. Uh, one of the biggest steals we've seen in recent draft hit- history. So it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, you know, Steph, he's now, he's 33 years old. Clay's 31. Draymond's 31 as well. So when you look at like those guys in their ages, they still all have at least, I don't know, four or five more years maybe to kind of make a run with this construction. And then Jordan Poole, you would think, uh, will probably only get better. And, you know, he's only 22. Wiggins is only 26. And Kevon Looney is only 25. He was, you know, a a young guy when they first, you know, were with the Kevin Durant years, I think. So it's very interesting to see. And another thing, you know, we're really getting on ESPN, you're starting to see a lot of, like, Steph Curry legacy talk. Like, where does he rank now? Where does he rank if he gets a finals MVP and the Warriors get a fourth trophy, you know, and all these types of conversations, we'll be able to go more in depth with that. But um, I've already, like I, when we did our rankings a couple years ago, I think I had him 24th. I think Brandon had him 25th. And I think certainly you can make an argument that he is now into the teens potentially. Um, Certainly with a win uh, in the finals and a great performance, he will certainly be in the teens if he's not already. Um, but you know, some of these guys put them very high. Like I forget who it was. Um, uh, I think Jalen Rose maybe, but a couple of the other guys, Mike Wilbon, like we're all putting them very high, like right around that 10 to 15 range, you know? Um, so it's, it's very interesting to see, and we're going to have a lot of, uh, different conversations going forward. Um, 
So I think that's a good way to kind of go into the Heat Celtics series now. Um, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to talk about the Mavs, I guess, real quickly. So the Mavs, you know, they had this team that I didn't believe in at all. Like, I didn't believe in in the playoffs. I had them losing the Jazz. Then I had them losing the Suns. I didn't believe in them in the regular season. I didn't really like the Porzingis trade they made to get Spencer Dinwiddie. I've been wrong on the Mavs all season. I haven't believed in their uh, role players and their depth. They proved me wrong. Now, in this series, I think that we kind of saw like some of the weak points. I think the biggest one that we saw is that they need like a, a solid center here. They don't have any guy. I mean, Kevin, Kevon Looney was like taking full advantage of the paint, getting a lot of rebounds, uh, you know, scoring in the paint because they don't have like a solid center. Like Maxi Kleba is not a center. Uh, you know, I think he's maybe six, seven, six, eight, and he's just not that type of player. He's more of like a uh, like a stretch. He's more of like a stretch four type guy. You have Dwight Powell, who also isn't like super big. Like he's, I don't know how much he weighs, but he's not really a typical center, and I don't think he's super tall either. So that's you know the guy they need. I know some people think maybe Rudy Gobert could be the piece that's missing for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you have a guy like My- a Miles Turner. Uh, that's another guy for Indiana. Could maybe Miles Turner fit? Could Rudy Gobert fit? Those are some potential options. In addition, you know you could argue maybe another good. Uh, solid wing defender to put with Luca. You have Doran Finney-Smith already, but can you get another good wing defender uh, to help out with Luca? Um, because Luca has not been the best defender. Um, and then additionally, a lot of this is going to depend on Luca's growth as a player. Offensively, he seems to have uh, pretty much everything you could want um, in a player, although there are occasionally times where he does do a little bit of the iso ball, dribbles a little bit too much. That happens a little bit. Uh, so he needs to lean, like, when he goes into more of the Harden style, that's when it, that's when I think there are more issues. But then occasionally it becomes more LeBron-like, which is more of the ideal style that you want. Um, but it's going to be interesting here. I think there are a couple more pieces that the Mavs could make this offseason that could potentially put them in position to win the championship next year. I, I totally think they could if they make the right moves. It's just a matter of what the front office does. So that's going to be really interesting to see, and I, I look forward to it because Luka is, you know, he's one of the top five players already, and he's, you know, one of the faces of the league. You know, as we get, as we progress here the next couple of years, he's going to be one of the faces of the league. So yeah, that's pretty much it with the Mavs. Uh, Heat Celtics. Uh, we have a game seven. And I got to say, like, this series has not been very good as far as, like, game to game. There have been a lot of blowouts. And honestly, like, the Warriors-Mavs series wasn't really that great either. There were a couple good games. Um, I enjoyed seeing, like, some of the Steph Curry performances, Andrew Wiggins, how he played. Luka was putting on a show. But we haven't gotten a ton of close games. However... Game six, Heat Celtics on Friday was an incredible game. Uh, game. Game five was an utter atrocity. It was a horrible game. One of the worst playoff games I've ever watched in my life. And obviously, I'm a Heat fan. Heat lost, so that's part of it. Uh, and the Heat win game six. But game six was incredible. It was a very close game throughout. Uh, down to the wire, back and forth. Uh, and both teams were playing pretty well. They were you know, turning it over, but very high quality of play. And Jimmy Butler... Uh, had 47 points uh, in this game. He was absolutely ridiculous. And the biggest, the single biggest reason why the Heat are still alive, why the Heat have pushed us to Game 7, um, and it's going to be very interesting. Um, ben, I want to hear some of your thoughts on this Heat-Celtic series. So I think 
looking back on it, I don't think any of us are surprised that it went seven games. I think we all kind of, and I remember we all said last week or a couple weeks ago when we were looking at this, this this series just kind of has game seven game series like energy to it. It just seems like the way these teams are matched up, seven games just makes sense. So, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. After game five, it seemed like the Celtics. I think most people just kind of assumed the Celtics would wrap it up at home. That made the most sense. They're coming off um, this this for, at least from a Celtics fan's perspective, this amazing performance in game five. Sorry, Trevor. Um, it seems like it'd be really hard for the Heat to come back and win a game on the road after getting your butt kicked in game five. And credit to the Heat, obviously, like you said, Jimmy Butler, um, he, he's not going away without a fight. That's not who he is. So the Heat winning that game six on the road is insanely impressive. But again, it made sense. It, it, it just made sense that this was going to go seven games. The Celtics closing out in six um, would have, from you know, based in terms of sports, you got the momentum, you're at home, it makes sense. But I don't think we're surprised that it went seven games. Now, in terms of this game seven coming up tonight, Trevor, um, I don't know if you want to make a prediction, but I have no problem making a prediction because I don't have a dog in this fight. I think the Heat are going to win, and here's why. I'd rather see the Celtics win. Oh, no, God. no offense, Trevor. What? Trevor's a superstitious. I don't think he's going to like no, this. No, that, was, that was my okay, New well, Year's resolution, I'm, I'm, Brandon. I'm no uh, yeah, longer superstitious. I'm doing my part. I don't have a dog in the fight. <laughs> oh, true. All right. I think the Heat will win, and there's really only one reason why. Well, I guess there's two reasons why. Jimmy Butler's a baller, but so is Jason Tatum, so that's okay. Um... I have a very hard time ever picking against a home team on, in a Game 7. I'm not saying that, that they always win. I don't know what the stats are. Obviously, they probably win more, more often than not. But mm-hmm. in a series like this, um, obviously, it's unpredictable in terms of, like you said, the competitiveness of it. Some games have been blowouts. Obviously, we've had a close game. Um, but I have a hard time seeing the Heat lose this game. Now, part of me goes, oh, but... This series, it's really hard for any team in this series to win two in a row. Look at the Celtics. They probably should have won two in a row. Five and six, they couldn't get it done. Um, so part of me is like, no, the Celt- it's the Celtics' turn. They're, they match up so well. It's almost like they're just taking turns. It's the Celtics' turn. But I think the Heat are going to win. I think you know Jimmy Butler's coming off a great performance. I, I expect him to go for 30-plus tonight. Um, I think the Heat will find a way to win again at home in a Game 7. The crowd is so valuable. I mean, you, think, you, you watch any Game 7 in any sport, and the crowd – doesn't shut up. They will not stop. They will yell the entire game. You have something as stupid as the Celtics throw a ball out of bounds. It hits off one of their players. The crowd will go crazy. I think as a player, it's so intimidating to play on the road in a game seven like that. And I, I, I just can't see the Celtics winning this game on the road. I think it's going to be so hard. Such an uphill battle for them. I'll take the heat in seven games. I'm sorry, Trevor, if that hurts you that I'm, that I'm giving a straight up prediction like that, but I have to, and that's what I think. No, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and I, I actually you want to give a prediction. Are you going to give a prediction? Uh, the Heat are winning tonight. They're winning tonight. Oh, that's my right, prediction. <laughs> wow. I, I would never do that. You're, you're so bold. I would never do the that. The Heat are winning tonight. I'll, I'll go into more depth, uh, but I want to hear Brandon's thoughts um, on what he has thought about the series and maybe what he thinks is going to happen tonight. I'm taking the Celtics. And you, you might say, you might say, Oh, you're just doing that to be different. You just don't want to agree with the, you know, you two, right? Like you guys would yes, say that. Yes, that's exactly what I think you're doing. And that is the exact reason why I'm taking the Celtics. Um, no education behind that decision. Uh, no, no statistical analysis to even put forward there. I want to put the energy in the world that the Celtics are going to win because I want us to get on the podcast next week and Trevor be like, "The Heat lost." When? Because I think it'd be funny. Here, so I'm. I am rooting for the Celtics. Here, Brandon, I'll give you some advice and I'll let Trevor go. You don't have to know anything about it. Just do what I do, and you just got to pick the best player, and you just got to go, Jason Tatum's going to go off. He won't let them lose tonight. That's all you got to say. That's all the analysis you got to give. 
But I don't even need to give that. It's honestly, it's just a gut feeling. Right. And uh, some would say that I'm uh, I'm a little superstitious or just a little stitious. Yes. You know, who knows? Yeah. So, so there's. I mean, there's a bunch of different things I could I could say. I could probably go on for 20 minutes. I don't want to do that. People don't want to hear me ramble for for 15 minutes. That's why I try to. I, you know, I've been trying to limit it and then throw it to you guys because I start to ramble occasionally. Uh, but Ben, I like the rambling. <laughs> yeah, Trevor, we want to hear I don't it know because if you does. know more about it than we do. I don't know if it makes for I don't know if it makes for the most optimal uh, listening experience necessarily. But that's fair. But but you have to educate <laughs> Brandon and I because you know a thousand times more than we do. <laughs> well, uh, one you know Ben, you were talking about the history in Game Sevens, and I saw this stat yesterday. I just found it because I wanted to uh, repeat it. Uh, home it, yeah. home teams in Game Seven who won Game Six are eleven and three since two thousand and three, and five and one yeah. after the first round. So that's one trend that is in the Heat's favor. Now you could also play the flip side, and you could say, well, the Celtics haven't lost back to back games at all at any time in this playoffs. So the Celtics aren't going to lose back to back now. You know, so you could, you could play whatever stats, whatever trends you want. Um, as far as the game itself, uh, you know. As usual, you have a couple couple players on the injury report for both teams. Tyler Hero, who has not played in Game 5 or Game 6, uh, once again is questionable tonight. We will see if he plays. I, I have no idea, uh, but he's questionable. Uh, on the Celtics side, Marcus Smart and Rob Williams, both questionable. Uh, we will see what happens. Both of them did play in Game 6, but Marcus Smart didn't look his best. He looked a little more limited. And Robert Williams, I think, didn't play any of the second half, if I remember correctly. So he might have tweaked that knee again. Um, not 100% sure if he will play, uh, but but we'll have to see. Because obviously, both of those, I mean, all three of those players are going to have a big impact. They're all very important pieces to both teams. Uh, I think Robert Williams is probably the most important, uh, like, is he there or is he not there for this particular series? Because I think it, whether Rob Williams is there or not, I think it's going to affect Bam Adebayo's performance. Unfortunately, uh, there is a correlation of how Bam Adebayo plays when Robert Williams is on the floor versus when he is off the floor. He plays much better when Robert Williams is either not playing in the game or not on the floor. Uh, game three, when Bam Adebayo went off for 32 points, Robert Williams was out that entire game. So if Robert Williams doesn't play tonight, yeah, the Heat are, the heat are winning. Like, they, they are. If Bam's going to be more aggressive, they're going to get more opportunities. Uh, they're playing at home. They'll win. I, you know, and he'll probably still play, uh, but my instinct is still to lean to the Heat. And I think, you know, ultimately, like, you ha- if, you know, I'm a Heat fan. If you're a fan of your, your team and you, ha- you kind of have to have the mentality that your team's going to win that game. You kind of just have to have that. And Jimmy Butler has been the the biggest uh, indicator of that. Like Jimmy Butler said after Game Six, like, yeah, we're going back to Miami. We're going to win Game Seven, you know. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, different like bulletin board material and all that kind of stuff. Draymond Green went on TNT uh, after the Warriors Game Five, and he said, I think Shaquille O'Neal asked him a direct question, like, Draymond, who do you want to play? And Draymond at first wouldn't answer it. And then Shaq kind of pressed him. Draymond was like, we're going to play the Boston Celtics. He said that on TNT. We will be playing the Boston Celtics. Um, but as far as this game itself, I think Jimmy, you can't expect him to have the 47 points. But if he can give you 30, then I think that is all you can really ask for. If Jimmy Butler gives you 30, and then we need more contributions from the role players. Again, the whole saying is like role players play better at home. Now is the moment for a guy like a Max Struess. Max Struess needs to have a big game. 
This could be a moment for a Gabe Vincent. He's had a couple games, good games in the series already. Could he have another one? I think it's totally possible that one of those guys has a good game. Um, and ultimately, I think that when you have a coach like Eric Spolstra, I feel like he's going to make the necessary adjustments. He's going to find a way to win. Now, the Celtics, of course, they still have Jason Tatum. They still have Jalen Brown. But the Heat have done a good job of limiting at least one of them. Like, both of them don't really go off. It's usually one of them has a really good game. The other one is playing bad. So I think if you have those things uh, contributing uh, together and you have the Heat shoot better, shoot you know, more like they did in the regular season, at least, you know, closer to that, more like they did in games against the Atlanta Hawks, I think that will be enough for the Heat to win tonight. Yeah, no, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a great game tonight at 8.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Trevor, anything else you'd like to talk about uh, before we kind of wrap up here? I think that's about it. I mean, I could go on and on, obviously, but uh, I think for I think for this <laughs> for next I weekend. think for this podcast, I think uh, that's about. I think that's pretty good. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we will wrap it up there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate all the support as always. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Ball to keep up to date when all of our podcasts go live. We have another AA team. Um, podcast coming out on Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That one will be good, I'm sure of it. Uh, of course, subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed. And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today. I'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!